Welcome to Ozarks Hates and Hooch. This ain't no fancy, academic, check your references kind of deal. We are two sisters from the Ozarks, sipping and spewing about Hanks, Hooch, and history. <laughs> Hello and welcome. <laughs> okay man so obviously dina and i were on here earlier uh and anyway welcome to ozark saints and hooch this is dawn and i'm with dina Dina, oh that's me i'm here and we're um actually and we have not been drinking the drink we'll talk about that um, we're in two different states and uh we're doing this over zoom and i feel like we haven't done it in forever yeah yeah. So anyway, Dina's got the big story tonight, which is very timely. Um, let me do all the things. Um, we're on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, uh, my door is open and my asshole cat has been in and out of here screaming. So we don't know. Um, yeah. So all, uh, all the things we usually say about cats and dogs and Wi-Fi's and stuff. Um, if you like our very professional show, subscribe to it and give us five stars or five thumbs up or whatever your platform of choice has, because when you subscribe and rate us, then we move up higher in the search engine. Um, we are attempting for sure, possibly we're attempting for sure, but we release on the 1st and the 15th of each month. We have a website, ozarkshaintsandhooch.weebly.com. And we also have a Patreon. So thank you, patrons. Um, we sure would love to have some new patrons because um, it would really help us out if you would subscribe and show us some love. Um, I don't think we have any shout outs. I went to look and I didn't see anything. No, no ones. What's wrong with you people? Are you Don't you want to talk to us? Maybe they're frozen like we are, oh, or no. like I am. We're in the Arctic. The Ozarks are a giant ice cube, and we're just drowning here in South Carolina. But I'd rather be drowning than an ice cube, for sure. And we are ice cubes. It is 19 degrees right now. Oh, I'm so That's sure. just stupid. But what is today? In 19. a week and two days, I will be on my way to Mexico. So excited! Shut up. I will say uh, I am very jealous of your snow. You guys have had a lot of snow. I'm jealous. I, I, yeah, well, I, I would say I'm off work right now. So I am grateful that it can do whatever the hell it wants because I'm not leaving the house until I have to in March. March 1st. I don't have to be anywhere. Well, that's not true. I need it to be okay the 27th of January so I can get to Mobile, Alabama, so I can get on a boat and go to Mexico. But besides that. I think you guys are done. I was looking at your weather, and at least yeah. yesterday it was saying that what was supposed to be an ice storm is now going to be above freezing. So I Yeah, think it's going to be two more for it. So, yeah, I'm done. I, I was at mom's yesterday, and she was like, when is it going to be warm? And I was like, March, mom, it's going to be warm in March. God, oh, let's don't even go <laughs> there. She was like, it's never this cold. Um, yes, it is. It is that cold, yes, you guys. I mean, you know, it's El Nino. That's what they say. And so... um. Yeah, I mean, we've had weird weather too. We just, I mean, I'm in the South, right? And you guys have heard me complain about 90 degrees and, you know, freaking November. And um, so what that, and we do get, I mean, we, we got down in the 20s at night this week, you know, and I had to turn my faucets on and all that stuff, but um, it just doesn't last very long for us here. And the so, negative degrees. Uh, and of course, our mother's heat went out. So Parker is still yeah. that poor guy. He's so frustrated. Her indoor unit is so old that every time he fixes something, it breaks something else. Something else breaks. Yeah. So I think he is actually over there as we speak, trying to fix the breaker that blew last night after he put the defroster board in the outdoor unit. Oh, so no. he's, no. oh yeah, he's so frustrated. And mom, his mom, 
Yes. Well, why does nothing just nothing works anymore? Well, that's 40 years old. Yeah. Um, Well, her inside unit um, was manufactured in 2002. Oh, that was no. So, but it's 20, it's over 20 years old. I mean, we really do. It's time. It's pretty. He said that if he gets it working today, He's going to let it limp through until they're cheaper and then he'll put it into right. a unit. Yeah. Have a, have a son that's an HVAC guy. That's handy. And a, another one that is an emergency uh, paramedic and you are set for life. I know. <laughs> that's why I'll be coming to the Ozarks one day and I'm looking forward to having heating and air and except medical attention. Medical attention, really. Uh, okay, so what we were laughing about. Is so I'm going to play you the beginning of the recording that Dina and I were laughing about. Facing this. The recording. It's better with an ice cube. But maybe regular gin will be okay. No, that's awful. It's just. <laughs> no. It's yeah. better. It tastes like, I'm going to say this. I'll say what it tastes like. Okay. We both took a sip of this drink, y'all. It's pretty vile. I'm sorry, but here's the thing. We have stories. You must theme them. And every drink that I sent Dina, and I don't even know why I send you drinks because you just make me drink all those gag sweet things. And I send Dina... Hey, I told you to pick one this time because they all sounded awful. They were all awful, but what am I supposed to do? I mean, when you hear the story, you'll know why we had to choose something along this line. So here's what I did. I chose the one. I'm back in school, so I am busy all the time. And anyway, I wasn't sure I would have time to go to the liquor store. And so I chose the one with the least amount of... um, ingredients and so nobody should ever combine these things i don't know what greatbartender.com was thinking but Mm -hmm. this cocktail is called the gypsy are they do their um gypsies not have like taste buds buds? i don't know and i i like everything that's in it i just why would you combine these things um, and mm-hmm. actually, the other drinks were kind of a variation on this with a bunch more mm-hmm. sweet stuff in it. So maybe that's what it needs. But you use one ounce of sweet vermouth, one maraschino cherry, and one and a half ounces of, are you ready, gin? What the hell? So I used botanical gin. And let me tell you, you really don't need to use botanical gin with sweet vermouth. And the maraschino cherry, which I just ate, was the only thing that saved it. Um, I di- and So you put that in a shaker, shake it up, strain it, put it in a cocktail glass, and then the maraschino cherry is the garnish. Um, ice cubes really help it. I, uh, maybe I need to go put food. some ice cubes in it before yeah. we start. Yeah, so it's pretty bad. I mean, yeah. good. you can try it, but ew. Sorry. So, so Dina's got the big story and I'm going to shut up and she's going to tell you why we had to choose something with the name Gypsy. So we are starting this season off with a story that is close to home. Uh, it is something that I have watched with interest for the last eight years. It is the story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. So for those of you who have been living under a rock for the last eight years, Gypsy Rose Blanchard was charged with second-degree murder of her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard, in June um, of 2015. She was convicted in 2016. She was recently released, serving eight years of a 10-year sentence. It has been a social media storm. Mm -hmm. She has a TikTok, she's on Instagram, and she's been the subject of interviews and documentaries, movies, everything. So it was uh, a little overwhelming to find somewhere to begin because there are so many choices. Um, I chose to start with watching Mommy Dead and Dearest on HBO Max, uh, which I realized half through it way it. Oh, I've seen this before. So it was a it was a rewatch. 
Um, I had watched it when it first came out in 2017 because I I don't think I mentioned this, of course, um, in the beginning. This happened in Springfield, Missouri, which is 45 minutes north of my house. So when it happened in 2015, it was big news. It was big news. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was weird. And uh, well, uh, we'll just, you'll just, you'll hear, you'll hear more. Cause I found throughout the research, I told Don, I have 15 pages of notes because I watched so many things. And as I was watching, I would jot stuff down. There's just so much to dig into and to break apart with this so let me interject that i watched that hbo documentary too but i remember when i was home and you said oh i need something about that gypsy rose and i said i don't know what you're talking about and then i was like after they told me and after she started appearing on every social media Uh platform everything yes look at i was like oh yes i do i remember this now yeah, yeah, I had totally forgotten. Okay, yeah. that's all I wanted. So that Mommy Dem Dearest, it came out in 2017. Um, after that, I uh, found a podcast called, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong. I apologize. We all know that that's not my um, strong suit. The Bialophiles, it's Nick Bial. Bial. Uh, he was a bachelor on one of the seasons of The Bachelor. Well, so, uh, listening to that while I was cleaning cleaning by the way it's an hour and a half long which is really long for a podcast in my opinion unless it's like a story one anyway um so I then I I ended up watching um the prison confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard on Prime I think it's either a lifetime series or a discovery plus series I had to pay for it um, it's $14.99, but for some reason it was marked down to $8 and some change. So that's why I went ahead and broke down and bought it. But I'm glad I did because uh, she gets to, Gypsy gets to tell her own story in her own words in that. Um, and, and it's like an eight part series, I think. Um, it's like 18 hours before or 24 hours before her parole hearing is when they've interviewed her, so Mm -hmm. in that one. I will also mention um, the act on Hulu. It stars uh, Patricia Arquette as Dee Dee, who I love, I love her, and she gives a great Louisiana accent. However, it's based on a true story and it takes liberties. And Gypsy even said in the podcast that I listened to that much of what is in that show is false, that there are many liberties taken with it. So I'm going to go ahead and just start with her birth. Like I said, there's so much to dig into. I'm probably not even going to scale the surface, but here we go. She was born on July 27, 1991, to Dee Dee and Rob Blanchard. Later on in the story, we're going to find out that Dee Dee has at least two more birth certificates with different dates on them. One for 1993 and the other for 1995, but her true birth year is 1991. Rob says that when they started dating, he was 18, and Dee Dee had told him that she was 21. She was actually 23. Three months into that relationship, Dee Dee announced that she's pregnant. Rob says he was brought up believing that marriage was his only choice, so that's what he did. And so this was 1991. I was 16, 17 years old. Um, And he's right. Like, I, I had friends in high school who got pregnant and were forced into marriages because they were pregnant. And of course, those, those marriages didn't last. I don't think they even lasted through the four years of high school. But anyway, I, I completely understand what he's saying. That's what you did. Um, but he says about three more months into that relationship, he wakes up one day and he's like, well, what am I doing? I don't love her. I don't want to be doing this. Uh, he says he'll support her and he'll help with the baby, but they divorce. So Dee uh, Dee at first stays in the same small town uh, in Louisiana as Rob and her family. But before Gypsy is even a year old, Dee Dee tells everyone that Gypsy has sleep apnea and has to use a machine to sleep. Now, the grandfather says that he believed that Gypsy slept better without it. 
but I've got some more information on him. So when I watched the HBO Mommy Dead and Dearest, the grandfather and step-grandmother say that they blame TV. And you do have some respect for him. I mean, he takes, um, I don't know, he just, he admits that she was not a perfect person and that there was lots wrong with her, I guess. But, um, if you watch the prison confessions, you find out that Gypsy accuses him of sexual assault when she was nine years old. So at this time, Dee Dee and Gypsy had been in a car accident, and Gypsy was living with her grandparents while Dee Dee was in the hospital recovering from some sort of leg or ankle surgery that she had pins in, so she could so stay she, and take she care of her. She um, accuses the grandpa? Mm-hmm. Okay. Of sexual assault when she. I was don't. Rem- I mean, no, I don't remember any of this. Okay. Well, that because that didn't happen in the HBO. He doesn't. They don't talk about that. That comes out in the prison confession. Okay. Okay. Um. So the grandfather denies the allegations in the same series and goes on to further say that Gypsy instigated it. He alleges that she began inappropriately trying to touch him at four years old and that he would tell her no. Dude, whatever. I'm sure that that four-year-old was sexualizing you, you old. I was going to say, excuse. Yes. She did it. So I had, of course, had to follow through. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway. POA. As years go by, Dee Dee begins to add more ailments and diseases to Gypsy's long list of medical needs while moving further and further away from her family and Gypsy's father. At this point, um, I think we should add a little bit of history about Dee Dee. So the family members that chime in in both documentaries are not kind to her at all. I mean... They say she's hor- she was horrible. Um, the siblings did not like her. The father said that he spoiled her as a child and she grew into an awful adult. Even the there's a nephew, his name is Bobby Petrie, and he's a tattoo artist. He's pretty, I, I think I would like to meet him and have a conversation with him. Anyway, he says that she is pure evil. Um, and they all have those great Louisiana accents that you just want to listen to and talk, you know? Anyway, um, they accuse her of poisoning her stepmother with Roundup, which Gypsy was the one when she was living with them. Um, it was like a Roundup is in the corner and Gypsy pointed at it and said, that's the vitamins that uh, mom puts in grandma's soup or, or drink or whatever. Ah, good lord. Uh-huh. And so there is even speculation that she may have poisoned her own mother. So it comes out that she was not only later diagnosed with Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which has a different name now. It's called factitious disorder imposed by another, or FDIA, which so so many words. Yeah. But was also diagnosed earlier with bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. Those last two diagnoses were left untreated. So let that sink in. Gypsy, not the mo. This That's is the mom. Okay. The mom was uh, diagnosed with the bipolar and schizophrenia. Yeah. But as you get along further in the story, especially during the move to Missouri, you find uh, people who say what a wonderful woman and friend she was. And like uh, she was the best mother. Like it just turns out she was a very good manipulator. Mm. So by 2005, Dee Dee and Gypsy were living in New Orleans. Okay, here we go. Leukemia, muscular dystrophy, the removal of two salivary glands, and the insertion of a feeding tube are just some of what have been added to Gypsy's medical history. And then Hurricane Katrina hits. The aftermath of that finds them life-flighted to St. John's in Springfield, Missouri, where they stay at the hospitality house for several weeks. We're going to fast forward to 2008. Habitat for uh, Humanity has built them a house with a ramp and wider door frames to accommodate Gypsy's wheelchair. Right. Because Dee Dee has also decided that Gypsy can't walk due to her muscular ailment. That used to be muscular dystrophy, but has been downgraded to ailment because there is not proof of the disease. So when they get to Springfield, there aren't any medical records because they were all lost in Katrina. 
Katie is now the sole historian for Gypsy's medical history. Yikes. Yeah. So she goes through several doctors because if they wouldn't go along with what Dee Dee wanted, she just found a new one and then made up a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, just told them what she wanted them to know or think. So there is a lot of discussion about the medical community and how they failed Gypsy Rose. Because huh. nothing was ever wrong with her. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that too. It's unthinkable to realize that she had so many surgeries. She was on so many medications and, and none of it is necessary. In fact, some of the medications actually were the cause of her symptoms. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that Dee Dee was shaving Gypsy's head so she would look like a cancer patient. Right. Yeah. So there were two doctors um, interviewed for the documentaries that I watched. The first was Dr. Bernando Flasterstein, and he was in both um, documentaries. He was a pediatric neurologist. He was the first one to question Dee Dee about the medical history. He said that there wasn't any atrophy in the leg muscles for a diagnosis of muscular dystrophy of any kind. And he also did document that the mother was not a good historian. That nasty drink is making me burp. <laughs> I know. I'm kind of, I'm sort of, I didn't make a full one and I'm drinking it anyway, but I'm just like choking cool. down cough medicine. Yeah. Bad cough. So, yeah, bad cough. Okay. The other doctor was a Springfield pediatrician. His name was Dr. Robert Steele. And his concerns actually led to DFS being called. They did show up at the home, but they asked all the wrong questions. This doctor thought that Gypsy had been kidnapped because of the discrepancies in her records, most notably the three different birth dates. Dee Dee, being the manipulator that she was, persuaded those that came into the house and she once again was free to do whatever she wanted. Now, all this time, Gypsy is being told that she is younger than her actual age and that she will never get better. It's a terminal. But as her hormones kick in, she finds ways to get around the control that Dee Dee has in her life. She can't physically escape, but she does find ways to communicate outside the home. She uses the computer to make fake profiles on Facebook to meet new people. She waits until Dee Dee goes to bed, and then she gets online. Uh, she mostly finds the wrong kind of people, as we will soon see. Um, the first being a 36-year-old man named Dan that she eventually meets at a vision con because her mom would take her to those because she would get things out of them because right. here was this poor sick girl, right? right? Even the computer that I'm talking about, that was a donation. Um, so she does manage to wait till Dee Dee falls asleep and she actually runs away with this man. Um, but he like doesn't have a car and he's staying with friends and her mother finds her within four hours. Um, and then she threatens Dan, telling him that Gypsy is a minor. She's actually 19 at this time. Um, which, that's, I mean, he's still 36 and a 19-year-old is too young, but... Right. Anyway. So Dee Dee brings Gypsy home and she handcuffs her to a dog leash tied to Dee Dee's bed. Yeah. She smashes the computer with a hammer and she, it's abuse and neglect. She doesn't she doesn't feed her. Uh, she neglects her. Um, she withholds. She, she talks about how one of her main forms of punishment was she would withhold love and attention from Gypsy. She would just totally ignore her. And when she's the only person in Gypsy's life, then she's be, she has no one, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so, oh, this is... Gypsy gives the account of a voodoo hex that her mother performs after she has been brought back from running away with this Dan guy. And it includes a cow tongue, a picture of Dan, a picture of Gypsy, and Gypsy's menstrual blood. And Dee Dee told her that he this was to ensure that she would never find love or happiness. So the nephew, Bobby Petrie, the tattoo guy, says that... Um, Weedy did dabble in the occult when she was younger, but that's really the only mention of anything like that. Eventually, Dee Dee starts to give Gypsy more freedom, and she finds a phone that she can connect to the Wi-Fi, and she gets back online. She makes a profile on a Christian dating site. Enter Nicholas Go to John. 
So they began an online relationship. That relationship lasted lasted longer than I thought. I it was a three year online relationship. I had no idea. I thought all of that was a faster timeline. Um, so they they had even they'd been together so long that they had even broken up. Point because okay, here we go. He said that if they had a daughter, that on that child's 13th birthday, he would give the daughter to Nick's alternate personality, a 500-year-old vampire named Victor. Yeah. So she broke up with him. But he came back and apologized and said that it was his alternate personality and that he would never let that happen. So she took him back because it was him and her mom. That was all she had. So I'm going to say that this girl, she really had no concept of right or wrong. She watched her, her manipulate people. She watched her shoplift. Um, I mean, she did know that she was lying about some things, especially about Gypsy's medical condition. The fact that she knew she could walk and her mother was telling her that she couldn't. Mm -hmm. But she had no escape. The mother had total control over all aspects of her life. She even had paperwork stating that Gypsy did not have the mental capacity to care for herself. I have a cough and I'm going to have to take a sip of this. It's probably going to make me cough. Well, over. I'll just say I was telling Dina what was we were talking the other day and I'm like, geez, this girl has had boyfriends and husbands and I can't even get a date. And I don't know what that says about me. Well, her her uh, choices. I know that her choices anything. were about the same as mine in South Carolina. What? <laughs> there you go. So during this three-year online relationship, she discovered more of Goda John's personalities, and in desperate need of contact with someone outside of her mother, she made personalities of her own to go with his, and they go into deeper. Uh, uh, they talk about this more in those documentaries. I'm not going to do that because it's not necessary to the story, I don't think. Um, the conversation eventually comes to how Gypsy is going to escape her mother and ends with Gypsy asking Go to John to kill Dee Dee. It's important to note that Gypsy claims that she was addicted to pain pills at this time. Um, she had had so many surgeries and had been on pain medication for so long that she built up a tolerance to them. And so she was she was starting to steal, uh, I think it was Percocet, from her mother's medicine cabinet at this point. So she was addicted to pain medication. She was high a lot of the time on this mm -hmm. pain medication. So Dr. John agrees to kill Dee Probably, mm -hmm. thank God, right? I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, and uh, well, I, I, it goes more into that too. But uh, yeah, I, she was using it as a coping mechanism. Not only was she addicted to it, she didn't want to be where she was at. She was miserable, right? So, Goto John agrees to kill Dee Dee, and they form a plan. They have decided that Goto John will stab Dee Dee as they have ruled out a gun because it's too loud, arson, and poisoning. Um, and Gypsy has told him, you're going to have to do this. I can't do it. Gypsy steals money from Dee Dee's safe and sends it to him for a bus ticket. Um, she also records a very damning video of her mapping the house and making stabbing motions with her hand by her mother's bed. Um, there are also some very disturbing text messages between the two, not only as they plan the murder, but on the night of the murder, too. On the night of June 9th, 2015, Gypsy waits for her mother to go to sleep and lets go to John into the home, hiding in the bathroom while he kills her mother. Gypsy hears Dee Dee calling out to her for help. After he has killed Dee Dee, he comes into the bathroom and they have sex because Gypsy has told him that he can't rape her mother, so instead he rapes her. They end up at... Yeah, oh, it's so... We have some discussion points here at the end of him. They end up at a day's end where another disturbing video was recorded of them in bed. Uh, then they travel by Greyhound bus to his home in Wisconsin. Um, his, they tell his mom and stepdad that she has been kicked out of the house and she has nowhere to go. So they allow her to stay there. 
Gypsy fears that her mother won't be found, so she makes several disturbing Facebook posts. And I know I keep using the word disturbing, but this entire situation is, that's the only word that I think properly describes it. It's just disturbing. Um, it was a joint Facebook page. It's called uh, Djip Blanchard. It has an E on the end, which is not how you really spell their name. And that page is still up as a memorial. But... The original message of that bitch is dead is still at the top of the page. Yeah, I'm going to have to look while you're talking. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. It's there. Now, originally, the, the police thought that Gypsy had been kidnapped because everybody thought, yeah, there was a lot of confusion because all of her medication was left behind, wheelchair was still there, and everyone was very concerned about how this tragically ill child could survive without medical attention, right? How she walking? She can't walk. She, her chair's still here. So obviously, they weren't a criminal masterminds, and their trail was easily followed. By June 15th, just six days after the murder, Gypsy and Dodajan are taken into custody from his parents' home in Wisconsin. Initially, Gypsy feigns innocence, not really realizing that they have found those videos. Go to John, however, immediately confesses. On July 5th, 2016, Gypsy Rose Blanchard pleads guilty to the lesser charge of second-degree murder and is sentenced to 10 years at the Chillicothe Women's Correctional Center. In November of 2018, Gypsy testifies during Godajon's trial. He is sentenced to life in prison, which I have thoughts about, like I said, and we can discuss that in a minute. Um, December 28, 2023, Gypsy is released after serving eight years of her 10-year sentence uh, to a media storm. Maybe everybody was super interested in her getting out. And here are my discussion points. So um, I have a bunch. I'm All right. just going to go. I'm going to start at the point. Don and I are just going to discuss what we think. Um, this one's just so much. There's so much content. But anyway, so my first one is Beanie's treatment of Gypsy, her appearance to others, and the uh, Munchausen syndrome by proxy. So she was a master manipulator. Like in all, both of those documentaries, you, I mean, everyone that you talk to, like, oh, she's the most wonderful, caring mother. And um, they talk about, which once I heard this, I had to go back and watch some interviews because they talk about how when they are interviewed for anything, um, Dee Dee is always holding her hand or has her hand on her or something because if she said the wrong thing, she would squeeze her hand to stop her from talking, even though she had been coached before the interview as to what was said. She still had a hold of her so she could shut her down if she started saying something she didn't want her to say. Um, she, she had some issues with drug use. That's how Gypsy got the uh, Percocet in the first place. In fact... When they were going through the house, uh, they said that Dee Dee's house, it looked like a hoarder house, except for the medicine cabinet. And it was as organized as the doctor's office. Mm. And she had a pack of prescription tablets. So she was writing her own. She had oh, stolen. No. And so she was writing her own prescriptions at that point. So. Um, also. She lied to Gypsy about Gypsy's father and his um, involvement. Uh, she kept moving them further and further away from the family because the family was questioning her yeah. about the reality of Gypsy's uh, medical issues. So uh, I'm really... I really like the dad and the stepmom. I think that I know that she is planning on having a a relationship with them, and that they have started a relationship through um, her eight years in in prison. Um, but I really I like that family. I think that it will be a good outlook for her to go into mm -hmm. at this point. Well, so. Yes, the mother probably got what she deserved, but the question is, did she get it in the right way? And yeah. 
just the the justice system and the medical system failed everybody mm, and that's yeah, pretty yeah. typical so well yeah. let's let's talk about that we'll skip around a little bit the medical community's warning okay so between 2005 and 2014 she had 100 medical visits including surgeries and procedures in nine years but not with the same doctor not ever with the same doctor and that was the thing is um so that first flasterstein that had said that was the first one to raise a warning about what the mother was doing so you have the right to ask for your child's medical records mm -hmm. and so Dee would ask for those medical records so she got that letter so did Gypsy ever go back and see him? Yeah. Right. Because she had she he had, you know, raised a warning about that. So here's my thought. And I just I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday. Every medical everything has computers. And this is, you know, the late 91. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's 2023, I guess the end, I mean, it's 2024, but it wasn't until the end of 2023 that the hospital in my town, which is major, I mean, Florence is known because it has these two giant hospitals. Only at the end of 2023 did that hospital group's computers talk to each other, like, you know how you have to go in and fill out a stupid thing every time you go in. And then if you see your doctor and a specialist and whatever, nothing was connected, which yeah. is horrific. I mean, it's not like they're not profitable or they're, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there was no way for these doctors, even though there should have been at the end of the 90s, in the early 2000s, there for sure should have been ways that they could connect to each other and you know when you go to a new doctor i mean they they usually request your medical records well but here's the thing katrina had just wiped out all oh, those gypsy roses yeah medical records yeah. i mean everything she came to springfield with a fresh slate of what can i do now yep it's what had happened yeah and just to go along with the whole medical community thing nicholas go to john had mental illness mm -hmm. um he was diagnosed with um, asperger's and later on autism spectrum disorder but he obviously i mean uh, i blame his parents for not getting him the help that he needed yeah right and not questioning more i mean did you say yeah. too that he was bipolar? Maybe. Um. So let, let me wait. Let me go to my twelve hundred pages. Copious of notes. notes. Okay. Yeah. So the one of the doctors. Um. The, the doctor. Okay. This is a new doctor, Doctor Fabian. He's a neuropsychologist. He was Gypsy's prison therapist. Okay. He was in the prison documentary. He says that Nikki, Nick and Dee Dee were similar in their manipulation and control of Gypsy Rose. Mm. So he thinks that, I don't know if he ever diagnosed or treated Nick of John, but he says that he thinks he might have been bipolar and he was schizophrenic because he had several personality oh. types. Yeah. Um, so I just wonder where was his, where was his health? And I realized that he killed someone. And that it was wrong. But did he have the mental capacity to realize that he was ending someone's life? Well, yeah. Because she says, Gypsy says, uh, that, where is it? She, she takes responsibility for her part in the murder. She does not consider herself a murderer because she actually didn't perform the act. Um, she also says that in therapy and with her now husband, Ryan, which we'll get into that too, um, she may have had conversations about, you know, she asked, she asked Nick 
to help her get out of this situation. And then she said, let's kill my mom. Well, a normal, mentally stable person would have gone, well, let's do this a different way. We'll help you. But let's go to the police. Let's let's figure this out. Where Nick just said, okay, let's kill her. However, she did have that information. I mean, Gypsy also talks about the fact that if I run away, she's just got this paper that says that I'm not mentally capable to take care of myself. And they will just put me back with her. Mm -hmm. So once again, that goes back to the medical community and even the uh, judicial part of, you know, our society. Uh, Because at one point she had the Green County Sheriff's Department over there because they were doing a well check on Gypsy and she manipulated them and she was once again let go. Well, I'll also just throw this in here. I don't know that this is too much of a tangent, but you know, I was because a friend and I were talking about healthcare the other day. So, you know, women's healthcare is so different from men's healthcare. And I mean, they've done studies about this, and not only are women's diseases and conditions less researched than men's, but they did a study of how the medical establishment responds to women. And basically women are kind of ignored, you know, like you go in and you go, Oh, I'm having a pain. They're just like, yeah, tough it out. Cause I mean, that is that that's also a horrible part of the medical community. And because they were both women that could have been maybe part of it. Um, it's just like, these are crazy women and, you know, yeah, or they're complainers or whatever they say. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, I'm sort of obsessed with the medical community right now. Cause I'm really disillusioned with the whole thing, you know? Yeah. So. Well, um, she also, Gypsy also says that the medication that her mom had her on, there was so much of it that she didn't have any emotion, and I, I don't think she's using anything as an excuse. I think she's just trying to explain where she was at. Right. Um, and that statement is backed by medical professionals. Um, they do say that the amount of drugs she was on, it's amazing that she knew anything because yeah. she was just in a constant tape state of, you know, drug-induced stupor. Right. Um, which also, she ended up using, having drug issues and prison for the first two years that she was there because she was once again using it as a coping message well and imagine her body has been on drugs all of her life all of her life really yeah um she also said that she didn't realize she wasn't actually sick until her lawyer told her at her trial that makes sense so she was still going on the that she had leukemia and she was gonna die i mean as a child at one point during the one of the documentaries they say at a child, as a child, Katie told everyone she wouldn't make it into her teens. When she made it in her teens, well, she's not going to make it to her twenties. So, um, she was always going to die. So, like, Gypsy didn't realize that she wasn't dying until she got to prison, and they were like, "You're fine if you get all of, you know, if you stop taking all this medication, you're fine." She actually says that she found freedom in prison. And she needed the prison system to be able to help her mature and understand her situation through therapy. She says she didn't think she had the mental state required to be freed. So she feels like she should have been in the prison system. She never says that that's not what should have happened. I should have been let go. She actually says it helped her. And it was the first time she felt free in her whole life was in prison. I get that. Sure. Yeah. It's crazy. So okay, here we here we'll go into the Gypsy Rose and her relationships inside the prison system. So she's been engaged twice. Um, the first one, his name was Ken. I don't know much about him because uh, they don't talk about him. I they started a relationship. Uh, the was like twenty nineteen, I think, and he. She says that he was not comfortable with the uh, social media frenzy. Like he wasn't comfortable with the fame that it got him. So he broke up um, after the engagement. Now, Ryan. I have a question. 
Did they ever actually meet up in the same room? Yeah, there's yeah, there's pictures of them together. Okay. All right. Because they can have visitation. Um, they can't have conjugal visits. Okay. But so uh Ryan started writing her. I don't know what year it now, but he started writing her. That's how their relationship began was in through letters. Um he is a sixth grade social studies teacher in southern Louisiana. Um, he has a great, he has a great like his voice and his appearance don't go together. He has a great like announcer's voice. He's his voice sounds great. Um so Let's they were married. Though, I'm gonna make a really and uh I'm gonna make a, a snarky statement. He's a teacher in a very southern we hate education state. I mean, you think like a teacher should be able to, you wouldn't assume that a teacher would go online and find someone in prison. Yeah. I, but, I don't know. I mean, he says, he talks about it, about why he did it. And who, I mean, who knows? Um, he did lose his first job. They, he was working for a Christian school system. And when they find it, found out that he had a relationship with her, he they let him go. Mm-hmm. So he's in a different school system now. I'll say, um, I that podcast that I listened to, it's called the Vial Files. I don't know if I'm saying that right. V I A L L, Vial Files. Um, they are both, especially Gypsy. They are both very articulate, like. If you, I'm just, it blew me away because if you watch the um, court scenes, I mean, it's like talking to a 12-year-old child when she was 23, I think, at the time, 24, when she, when she was sent to prison, right? Uh, so just the growth that she did. Mm-hmm. And the education that she put herself through. I mean, you have to have some respect for that. Oh, yeah. Um, she's she's very, she's very articulate, especially they talk about therapy, about how she's in therapy, how she's continuing the therapy. They are in couples therapy to help with the marriage. Um, it's just, I, I mean, you have to have, you have to have respect. Yeah. That. Even though it's weird. I mean, I still think it's weird. What I have... Uh, well, who knows? Who knows what you would have done until you're in that situation? Right. Um, I don't think that I would have gotten married uh, after not having a life and then being imprisoned for eight years. I think I would have wanted to go and live a little bit of my life. For well, maybe she was afraid because she'd never well, been by herself. You know. Well, she had her. She had her parents, like her. Her dad and her stepmom, originally before she was married, that's who she was going to go home to. She was going to go live with them. In fact, in one of them, it might be the prison confessions, before she told everybody that they were engaged, um, they had the, her room ready. I mean, they were there uh, with open arms. In fact, <laughs> the step or the stepsister meets with Ryan and says, what are you doing I mean, she is very blunt with him and says, why Why do you want to marry someone who's been in prison for eight years? And not only that, with a with a traumatic past like my sister has, what, what are your intentions? Like, she lays it out. And he does, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I wanted to think because of the who I am, I want to think the worst of him. Because who, why, why would you want to marry somebody who's been in prison for murder? Why, why, where does that come from? But I would say he, once again, he is very articulate. He sounds very intelligent. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, when she, the last thing that I've got on my little uh, discussion points. Yeah. Uh, so when she, was let out of prison they were going to use it kind of as a uh, a honeymoon ish type you know get to get to know each other because you know they hadn't really right um 
So they had a few days planned in Kansas City that they were going to go do some fun things. Um, the first one being they were going to go to a Kansas City Chiefs game. Well, when they planned this back in the summer, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey were not dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, let me get to this. So they had planned all this back in the summer. They get there. Um, they're they're in the hotel room in Springfield or in Kansas City, and but she has two parole officers, one in Missouri and one in Louisiana. So she has talked to the one in Louisiana, thinking that's the one I have to deal with because that's where I'm going home to. That's my home parole officer, and says we would like to spend a couple of days in Kansas City before we come home. And the parole officer's like, "Fine, thank you for telling me. Just get in touch with me when you get back down here, please." So then they get a phone call on Ryan's number and. So social media was crazy. Like every, there was paparazzi everywhere. Like she she couldn't go anywhere without cameras in her face, right? And so this strange phone phone number pops up on his um, phone, and he answers it. And they're like, he it's this man who says that he's their his purple girl officer, but wants to know where they're at right now, where they're going, and like wants all this information. And Ryan's like oh, I don't want to give that to you. And he starts to get a little upset. And so Gypsy ends up taking the phone. It really is her parole officer in, in Missouri. And that parole officer says, you have to go to Louisiana. You don't get to stay here. So all those things that they had planned, they didn't get to do. They had to go back to Louisiana. Well, they were planning on going to the New Year's Eve game between, I don't remember who it was. It was the Chiefs and I, I don't know, the Bengals, maybe. I don't know, whoever it was, it was Ryan's team. So they were planning on going to that game and she had even mentioned something about, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I met Taylor Swift because it's her one of her favorite musicians, people. right? Mm -hmm. So Ryan thinks that Taylor Swift's people, not Taylor Swift herself, but thinks that Taylor Swift's people freaked out and said, oh, this murderer is coming to a Kansas City Chiefs game to, you know, cost Taylor. And so that's why he thinks they were told to out of Missouri. Which you can see, I also, I don't think that, like I said, I don't think that it, it was necessarily her but i can see her people going well that's a bad idea yeah she probably right. didn't need to be there right but anyway so she has a tiktok she has an instagram um i looked at i haven't looked at her tiktoks but i have looked at her instagrams and she's using her instagram for um mental illness awareness i mean i i feel like she's using her fame for good I hope so. Uh, yeah. The only thing that I notice is I don't think her social awareness is where a normal 32-year-old woman's would be because of her past trauma. Like, she'll say something very intelligent and very articulated, and then she'll post the D is on fire. Her husband on Instagram. Well, that's not something a normal 32-year-old woman would say, right? That's more like a 20-year-old woman. So I think she's just uh, a little behind on her social awareness because of the fact that she was not ever a teenager, a child. Right. Right. But yeah, I think, I think I had one more thing and I now I can't, now I can't remember what it was. Well, and uh, oh, 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 go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say social media, God is so awful. It's just awful. You can't believe any of it. And, oh, I just... Ugh. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, I was thinking about Taylor Swift and her people. You know, she you know she has people that are manipulating her PR and marketing and all that shit. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that I was gonna say though was so there is a divided line. Like if you read the some of my favorite things to do in any type situation is to read comments on social media because yes. people got opinions yeah. <laughs> so this poor girl i mean there is a divided line there is no middle of the road people either believe that she was a victim and she 
did what she needed to do to get out of the situation or that she is a murderer and she should be in hell. That's it. Like, if you read those, if you read those comments, you're like, Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Why you people? Because, I mean, they're not. She even talks about one of her first interviews was with a British um, I don't know if it was a television show or a podcast or anything, but the woman was British, and her first question was, "How does it feel to be a murderer?" Uh, it was just like, "Oh well, oh," and she said, "You could tell everybody around her was getting ready to just move her out of the situation," and but she, like I said, she's very well articulated, and she answered the question as that was when she said, "I don't feel like I am a murderer. I know that I had." Uh, something to do with the planning and I admit my guilt but I didn't do the act so I don't consider myself a murderer so anyway well, I just think it's you got to give her kudos for going to therapy man I mean yeah. you know somebody really saved her life and yeah yeah and I think um honestly I think she said something about it the stepmother has really stepped up and I think maybe she is the one that got that all started. Um, she thought she was coming home to her in 10 years. She wanted her stable to be. Yeah. Because she, I mean, she, I think uh, their youngest daughter is 21. And that's the one that was interviewed, right? And so I'm sure she wanted a mentally stable person coming into her home. Yeah. So. Oh, Sure. Wouldn't yeah. you? I mean, God. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, and her other family, like I said, her father and her stepmother, I think are great people. I mean, I'm, I really do. I think they're going to, they will be there for her. I think they would have been there for her in the beginning if Dee wasn't crazy and, and kept her away from them. Um, grandparents, I, I guess the step-grandmother has now passed and they think that the one of the uncles says that they think that it was um lingering effects of the roundup poisoning oh. from when Dee was poisoning her um god and that's she, who yeah. should have that's who got off easy the, was Dee that Dee got off easy yeah Dee got off easy and the grandfather's still alive and I think that he shouldn't have to answer for some of the shit that he did. Yeah, absolutely. But, but the uncles, one of the uncles, I can't remember his name now, but one of his, one of the one that was interviewed said, and this was Dee's brother, she was the youngest of a, a bunch of kids. Um, he said that he doesn't think that his father, uh, he thinks that's a lie. He, he doesn't think there's any sexual molestation that happened. Well, but of I'm course, always nobody wants to think that about there. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, especially uh, because it's so in that prison, because they confront him with it the first time he hears about it is on the camera, and the way that he reacts, you're like, "Oh, you're a liar! You're a liar!" No, no, that's not. In fact, she would try to instigate and touch me inappropriately, and I would tell her no. No, mm. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's not true. I will say that, um, in the HBO one, they talk about when they had Dee's uh, body cremated and they had her ashes, and Gypsy had called the grandfather and said, What do you want done with the, the ashes? and so he had gone to her siblings and said, What do you want? and they told her to flush him. They didn't want anything to do with her. Oh. What'd she do? What'd she end up doing? And and you don't never never finish that. She might have flushed him. I don't know. Well, because Gypsy talks about how she loves her mom. Um and that she misses her and she's sad that she's gone. But I mean, it was all she knew. Yeah. Oh. Like I said, it's just disturbing the whole the whole thing. I mean, it was just the perfect storm of mental illness between Dee Dee and caused mental illness to Gypsy, and then to throw in that Nicholas go to John. Yeah. And 
medical malpractice and, um, you know, the government not, the government's not stepping in when they should have. Yeah. Just imagine all the kids. I mean, honestly, just imagine all the kids that are in horrible situations like that, that we're never going to know about, you know? Uh You know what? Yeah, I know. I know. So that's it. I mean, that's, this was a long one. I just complained about that guy's podcast being an hour and a half long. And this one was pretty long, but not an hour and a half though. Um, well, that was good. I mean, that was really good. And like I said, it was timely because it just seemed to have just happened. And she did. She got out the 28th. So she's still like that podcast. She was seven days out of prison. She did that podcast. So, I mean, I, I hope the breast for her. I hope that she is, she is being the people around her are leading her in the right direction. Yeah. I, I hope, hope that so. Ryan is not an ass. I hope that he really does love her and that he does want the best for her and he's not doing it just for attention. Yeah. Um, I, I hope, hope she that- can have a normal life. Like mm-hmm. I hope, I hope her celebrity, I hope she doesn't latch on to that because you know, people are going to get tired of her and then yeah. what's she going to do? Like, I hope yeah. somebody is, I hope she talks about the fact that she wants to be a advocate for mental illness. Like she wants to do something with that. And she also talked about she wants to be a mom. A mom? Mm-hmm. As long okay. As long as she Yeah. yeah keep staying therapy because that is the worst. That not the worst job. It, it's the hardest job you'll ever have. It's yes. the most hard warning, but it is definitely the hardest job. Yeah. As I'm getting ready to go on vacation with all of my children and their significant others. Which I'm also jealous about. Yeah. Which, let me tell you this. So, I'm totally changing subject. So, we had a, I'm telling the whole world. We had a sit down on, let's discuss what we're going to do. Like, and I was like, okay, we've already all been to Cozumel, except for the significant others. But I think they've been to Cozumel, just not with us. So, it's like, since everybody's already been to Cozumel... We'll just excursion that day. You guys do whatever you want to do. Like, go on your own excursion. Skinner and I kind of had a day date planned where there was a, a couple of excursions where they taught you to drink four cup or drink. I don't need to be taught how to drink. To make <laughs> four, four different cocktails. And then, like, paired some appetizers with them. And then you've got That's to fine. learn how to, yeah. So, and then... For the rest of the time, there was a pool. You got to sit at the pool, drink your drinks, eat your food, right? So it's like, oh, babe, that'll be fun. We'll go do that. We'll send the kids off, and you and I will go do that as a day date because this is, you know, we're with our children for 16. And so we had a, I was like, okay, so you guys can go do whatever you want and toss them out because I know Evan and Peyton wanted, Evan really wants to see the drive, and Parker had talked about doing the ruins, and so it's just going to send pace with one of them, you know, I figured Keith would go do whatever Parker did, right? Um, so we're sitting down, we're talking about this, and everybody looks at me and goes, we just want to be together. Can we just do the catamaran thing we did last year? And Skitter and I were like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sure, no day date for us. And yeah. I'm, I am glad they want to spend time with us, but I really thought they'd go run with that. And Yeah. Oh, fun. fun. Well, I'm jealous about that too. Yeah. So we are going to go snorkeling. And uh, then I'm going to sit in a chair in the ocean and watch them play on the inflatables. That's my Cozumel. Well, what am I doing? I'm going to be teaching and uh, my spring break is all screwed up because there's a conference for the first time ever over my spring break. Mm. And... I'll rant. You all will be um, subject to my ranting in about two months, but I'm not going to rant right now. And I can't to you guys. She's already ranted to me. Oh yeah. I can rant to them. I just can't (laughs) rant on the air, but don't worry. It's coming. So I have nothing to do except take care of my mother and do this podcast until March 1st. Well, thank God somebody's doing that. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have to. It's okay. She's she's okay. I mean, she really is. It could she can she could be way worse. I it true. But I just get the over the phone stuff. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. who knows what's real? Well, yeah. So anyway, okay. well, that was really good. Uh, Thanks. Thank you. Um, we will be back. This is, this one's for February 1st, right? We'll be back with yeah. another story on the 15th. Um, thank you all for listening. And remember February 1st will be a sea day for me. So I'll be sitting on oh, the carnival spirit with a drink in my hand. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I'll when, you, when you listen to us, leave us stars or thumbs up or whatever. Be sure to subscribe, go to our social media, go to our website because Dina will have, I'm sure, links on the website. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. I'm already got that all um, going. Uh, and, and please, if you feel so called to, uh, give us a little financial help, we would really appreciate that on our Patreon. So, um, I think we can say goodbye. Yep. Bye. And remember, if you liked it, tell all your friends. But if you didn't, keep, keep your, your big, big mouth, mouth shut. shut.